Radio Botanical, and which is a project of the Is it? <laughs> it is. I'm pretty sure. Otherwise, I'm on the wrong podcast. <laughs> uh, no, Radio Botanical. <laughs> Well, oh, dang it. <laughs> Both of us don't have working tongues today. Really no, radio, radio botanicals down the, down the, down the hall. We can't open First this. door on your left. It will open like this every episode. What are you talking about? This is what people like to hear. Give the people what they want. Run the Global Wellness Lab, where we educate people about healing strategies for chronic health problems via the power of plants, botanical research, and traditional knowledge from around the world. I'm your co-host, <laughs> Miranda Britt. Oh, so you changed it, huh? <laughs> I am. Okay. Because you are taking the reins today. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm the host? I'm the director of the Global I Wellness Lab. I can't take this responsibility. <laughs> you can. I'm the director of the, the, the Global Wellness My Lab. coffee hasn't kicked in yet. <laughs> well, whose fault is that? So, and I'm a phytotherapist. Why would it be mine? And a health coach. And, and. And I'm, I'm a also... nobody and an amateur. <laughs> Lucas uh, does a lot of the design and he's doing the uh, AV aspects of things. A lot of editing. Yay. And he's, he's managing the website as of now, so. Oh, boy. <laughs> so, this is Lucas Briss. We're siblings, in case you didn't know. He is not the older one. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, so what are we talking about today, Lucas? We're talking about the noni plant. The noni what? I mean, the noni fruit. <laughs> the noni fruit. The noni fruit. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's just, a plant. It is a plant. It's also called noni. It's also which, a fruit. There's a lot of puns you can make out of noni. You can, you can, once again, another meme that you would not know. I mean, you would sort of get it. Nani, which is... Like Nani Nani, like the old British, like... No, no, um, Japanese for, for what? Oh, okay, it I don't know It became this. a big internet meme because in anime, so many times, there will be moments where characters go, Nani! Okay, I think I do know that. <laughs> So today we are talking about nani. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it is not a Japanese plant originally. Just so you know. No, it's not. Yeah, not at all. Uh, we're gonna be talking about. Does it even grow in Japan? I think it does. I probably. didn't even check that. I think it's it, it it's a tropical plant. So if it grows there, it's got to be in very specific areas. You know, Japan is mostly mountainous, so which people don't realize. Um, I like to get on my high horse about that as a ge <laughs> as a geography teacher. <laughs> um, it's also pretty far north. Um, okay, so uh, noni is also the botanical name is Morinda citrifolia. So, um, and it is also like our plant of last week, very strangely named in terms of. It has a bunch of stupid names that don't worry. I I, I can actually, I can that. go over the you names. You can get into that. It's got some. It's basically came into the U.S. as a big um, product on the wellness market in the early 1990s. It really gained a lot of steam in the late 1990s. When I was working in the family clinic in the early 2000s, um, back then it was just becoming like getting on my radar, radar and on my on, <laughs> Your on radar. My, <laughs> okay, would you just give me a break? 
truly i'm your brother i can't give you a break yeah but for the sake of you you had your break 20 years ago before i was born oh gosh i am not 20 years and never again i am 14 years older than you please say it right um no 20 as in oh i see what you're saying as in before i was born yes 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 that's what i I mean i get it so noni was sort of marketed as like a wonder a wonder plant, <laughs> a wonder juice. Um, Snake oil salesman coming up to you oh, in, the, in, the, in the 20s. Oh, get, get your wonder drug here. It's a noni plant all the way from the South Pacific. Yes, yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, literally. We can grind it down into a tincture. You can have it with a gin and tonic. <laughs> <laughs> you can pretty much have anything with gin and tonic <laughs> in my much. experience. Um, so, no, I had one of the patients who came into the clinic, she was obsessed with with it and she would bring it to the front desk and be like you have to get the clinic to carry this you have to you have to <laughs> and you know it's good for this and it kills cancer and it's all this stuff and i was like i've never heard of it and you know i grew up in the wellness <laughs> world and so i'd heard of a lot of things and my dad was like also when i talked to him about it he was like um that sounds not real because <laughs> you know how he talks not really but um so we were both like briefly prejudiced because it was like i think because the marketing was so over the top we were like what is this going it was kind of like colloidal silver when i was little everybody was like this will fix everything what now it's called colloidal silver it's like some type of why does it sound gross it is and I think he would take it like it was like a liquid i don't know mom and dad were never into it it sounds like some weird growth or disease you it would does. get it does i got a bad case of the colloidal silver <laughs> colloidal is like a type of like extract of something like i use colloidal oatmeal for my like facial huh. regimen and stuff it's like the only thing that doesn't bother my skin um it's like yes, honey it's so- and colloidal oatmeal can you believe that yes you can <laughs> I can. it sounds like a disease that a minor would get I got a case of the old colloidal silver. Yeah, yeah. Got it, got it in Utah. <laughs> and now I'm sending my kid to the mines and to get it to get himself. it. <laughs> got to pass it down. The company town demands it. <laughs> the, the company town demands it. Oh man, there are company towns in north in the north of um, South Africa, and it's bad. <laughs> they literally like they get silicosis, which is like. Uh, silicon, I believe, that, that basically builds up in their lungs. Oh, no. And so they get sick by the time they're like 40, and then they send their kids to be no. to work in their place. Oh. It's bad. It's oh. really bad. So, yeah, try to, like, not get silicosis or, you know. Or I, colloidal silver. <laughs> colloidal silver, I don't know. It has apparently has some research on it now. Um, what we did was we did flaxseed oil, which was good and still is good. I had that like every day. And I still eat flaxseed. I mean, it's flax. It's pretty. It's very me. Like I said, crunchy like that. Um, crunchy like that. <laughs> that's my new thing to make myself feel it... better. <laughs> and, you know, it, it's incorporated into a lot of products these days. You know, net flax. Has <laughs> the, the grown up. Thank you. I'll be here all night. <laughs> this was a study from 2007. So I think it went up after this, but. I think it was worldwide sales annually were up to 1.3 billion. Insane. Like per year? Yes. Whoa. 
So I'm not really sure. I have to look up this more. Like, how do you um, disaggregate that? Like, how much of that is supplementation versus people just buying yeah. the fruit? I don't know. And I, it didn't say what it was. Is it counting? Yeah, because, like, is it counting everything? All like, of the. All the products made with it? I think so. Okay. But whether or not they're counting also all of the actual food they're selling, if they're selling noni fruit, like, by itself. Although most of the time they don't, I think. I mean, because, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I can I can believe it if it's every product under the sun that's made with noni. But that's still a, a lot. lot We're talking in... billion. Like, yes, that's insane. But there is a lot made with noni. And, I mean, you can read studies up to, like, 1998, 1999, early 2000s, where people are still, like, no evidence for this. Yeah. <laughs> but... Did, either, did either of us ever look up how it's actually pronounced? Is it Noni or Nani? Oh, I always thought it was Noni. I didn't know that I we were... I assume it's Noni because it's Polynesian. Yeah. So, N-O, like the O should That's probably be That's what I thought. O. That's what I thought. I just didn't really think about it until this moment. Yeah, no, a lot of... A lot of... Uh, like, I think it would be an A... If it was spelled, pronounced like that. Yeah, no, I, I think I think it's Noni. Anyway, so now we know a lot more, though. There are a crap ton of studies. That is the scientific <laughs> number <laughs> about the benefits of Noni. Um, I'm going to just say, like, in between. A buttload is an actual, sci not scientific, but an actual term of measurement. It is really? a real. Really? It, it's, um... Because you would have like a, a buttload of barrels or something, which meant a specific amount of barrels you would put on a ship to sh to ship across sea. No way. Something like that. I can use that then. Yeah. I mean, I do anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I was holding myself back, but I am like trying to be slightly professional. More professional than you. That's what you're here for is to be unprofessional. Um, anyway, so now they know there's like, I've seen upwards of 200 phytochemicals that they have isolated in noni fruit also noni seeds and bark and roots but most people are interested in the fruit although all of those things are used um and that includes a lot of secondary metabolites and you're dealing with cardiac glycosides tannins terpenoids you know we rem remember when we talked about alpha pinene that was a monoterpene so similar um you're a monoterpene <laughs> yeah we're gonna have a lot of those alkaloids um common alkaloid is your caffeines, your morphines, etc. All the morphine that you regularly consume <laughs> in your American diet. That daily daily <laughs> intake of morphine. Your, your RDI of morphine. <laughs> um, your flavonoids, your saponins, your s steroids, like all of those things are... Your oids and ins. <laughs> all of those. And ins and outs. Right, right. Um, and those phytochemicals change um, in their breadth and in exactly what's there um, and in their concentration depending on where you harvest, where and when you harvest the noni, um, the methods of extraction and processing, um, yeah, as well as different cultivars. So that's another reason why, you know, cultivars? Cult Wait, sorry, what? Cultivars, like things that the types, the variations that people cultivate. How do you spell that? C-U-L-T-I-V-A-R. Cultivar. Huh. Yeah. That's a new word to me. Really? You haven't seen this, like, when you're reading around? No. Huh. Well, now you know. 
So it's not my fault because I have done research. Cultivated. <laughs> I just like didn't see it. Species that are cultivated. Different species that are cultivated. Okay. And it can be like the species will have the subspecies that's the cultivated version yeah. in a specific place. So like um, the Chiosmasticum is a, is a cultivar mm-hmm. of the mastic, of the lentiscus. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, okay, so... Yeah, so I think we're going to go into the different benefits and the types of phytochemicals, secondary metabolites that are in noni, but Lucas has a lot to say. Quite a bit. (laughs) So I'm going to let him take this over. I talked mostly last time, so um, let's let you go. All right. So welcome to... Lucas's flotsam and jetsam, <laughs> the part of the show where Lucas relays the various unsubstantiated or somewhat substantiated folklore and history about today's botanical wonder. I'm so, um, so, also known as the Indian mulberry, which makes no sense because it's not a mulberry. No, it's not. Um, but it is, in a way, Indian. It was in. It it is native to Southeast Asia. Um, and it has a long history of use in India associated with the Indian medical system of using plants and natural treatment treatments known as Ayurveda, which is Sanskrit for the science of life. Yes, it is. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. Say, say that one more time into the microphone. Yes, it is. <laughs> kind of just <laughs> claim that sound bite. I, I, um, I talk as if I know just because I studied Indian or <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, it's Ayur- not Sanskrit. <laughs> Ayurveda is still practiced today. Uh, and the you use have Ayurvedic doctors everywhere, and the use of noni is still very widespread, and has been since before recorded history, as far as we can tell. Yeah. Um, By the way, I don't know much of what he's going to say today. Like, good. Normally, we try to research a bit separately, and this and this time, time I researched this completely separately. Yeah. It was like never in the same room no, while we researched no, this. No, no, no. So I'm I'm interested. So keep going. Uh, some temples in South India actually grow the fruit alongside the holy basil plants, Tulsi. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is known as Ashyuka, which means... Ashuka. Me- Ash- Ashuka? Ashuka. Ashuka. Yeah. Or Ashuka, depending. Which means longevity. Oh. So in Ayurveda, there's this principle referring to the three doshas, um, which is not department of osha um which are energies that define a person and change dynamically according to your environment it's all very um constitution essentially it's like your it's it's your constitution it's your baseline where you've got your hardware and your software and it 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 all sounds very hokey pokey to a western to a westerner yeah um uh but don't get scared or anything uh and according to Ayurveda, noni juice reduces the kapha, 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 the kapha dosha, and also considers noni a treatment for malaria and jaundice. Hmm. Interesting. Um, as far as I know, I saw that it had hepatoprotective, that it had hepatoprotective effects, so that would make sense with jaundice and malaria being, I did see something about it being tested for a malarial anti-malarial drug, but I don't think there's research on that yet. It is an antibacterial. Okay, go on. Um, do you know much about kapha? Like what, like what the doshas are? There's like, uh, 
Vata, pitta, and kapha. And kapha is kind of slow, cold, um, solid. Um, tend to be a little bit more, yes, yeah, solid in your build. Um, a little bit harder to get a rise out of. Pitta is like a little bit more fiery personality. Tend to run hot in general physically, moving fast. Vata is kind of, it's kind of like, talked about as wind um so that they're a fast moving person but they're also kind of cold and thin um anyway so that's not my specialty but yeah so anyways it reduces the kapha dosha yeah so if you don't want to be a kapha drink some nona juice apparently well, according to ayurveda <laughs> with the doshas you can be too much of it so yes, it's like yeah. you have too much kapha right now and you yeah. need to balance it so you yep. need to reduce the the extreme versions of your type um and so i'm assuming that that has to do somewhat with being it would speed up your metabolism is probably what we would call it yeah basically yeah as, as i understand it ayurveda is to a Westerner, it looks like a lot of magical things that can't possibly be real, but it's just, it's, it's, it's using non-scientific words to describe very real things, basically. Yeah. a lot of times, I mean, a lot of it has been substantiated, like, and a lot of it is just a different... No, 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 it's substantiated, please. <laughs> substantiated, <laughs> only when you say it. <laughs> um, and the thing is because it's, it, you know, the terms are in Sanskrit. Um, if you're if you're saying something in Sanskrit, um, people tend to think, oh, that's spiritual and of another <laughs> plane, and you know it can't possibly be scientific. It's exotic and oriental. But if you look back, like um, people, you know, 500 years BC in India were doing insane engineering projects, and oh, you know sure. they were <laughs> very scientific people, and so and even you know. Like, we tend to think in the modern world that we have it all together and we're the only people who are ever scientific and, like, did experiments based on observations and came up with systems of knowledge. And That's that old U.S. education <laughs> thing. <laughs> it's basically post-enlightenment. We all think that. Um, and it's not true. It's just that we didn't know that microbes existed. We knew there were things that didn't exist, that we couldn't see that existed. Um, it's just we didn't know what they were. We just, you could kind of say how the world functioned without, without knowing the mechanisms of its function. Yeah. So it's always a mistake to discount that. And part of the work of ethnobotany is to bring that stuff um, and give it res this respect it deserves and sometimes point it in the direction of researchers who can actually test it. Yes. Um, <laughs> so it is also known as the Great Morinda. I like that one a lot. Um, because I'm the Great Morinda. Yeah, I want to be called the Great the Miranda. Great Miranda. Yeah, that was there's, what I was thinking. There's a soft drink, like a um, whatever you want to call it, a soda in brand in South Africa called Mirinda, like an M-I versus oh. <laughs> M-I-R-I-N-D-A. Yeah. And so there are a few different times where people like, like Mirinda. <laughs> that's, that's, that's how funny. they would want to spell it. <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah, um, no. So I'd like to be called the great Mirinda the great from now, the Mer great Miranda from now on. <laughs> That's your job. Uh, there's, it's also known as the beach mulberry. And again, it's not a mulberry. Yeah. So under the mulberry family, Mauritiae, a lot of the fruit looks like noni, but it's not. Noni isn't one. So it's just kind of like, I get why people call it that, though. And it's called beach. It, 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 the beach mulberry, it's called that, I believe, because it, can, it often grows on beaches. It grows in a lot of places. It's a very hardy plant. Um, 
It the it's Latin binomial, like we said, is Marinda citrifolia. It's also called dog dumpling and <laughs> <laughs> and oddly cheese fruit. Is that because the holes like 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 Swiss cheese or something? No. Uh, is it because it smells like cheese? It's because it smells like like rotten like cheese. Rotten cheese. Oh, yeah. Like super sour. So um, it has a long history of use in traditional medicine in the South Pacific, um, with many, 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 many people toting its effectiveness for dealing with dozens and dozens of ailments. Yeah. Uh, and it is equally as famous for that as it is for smelling disgusting and tasting disgusting. The, <laughs> the fruit specifically, not the plant, the fruit. <laughs> the full package. <laughs> uh, the fruit, by the way, looks disgusting. It looks, look up a picture of it. It looks like some kind of alien egg sac. Rude. It's disgusting. Rude. It's just, it looks gross. <laughs> It's, it's this weird it's, bulbous thing with these weird kind of holes and 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 growths on it. It's this off-white, slightly yellow, slimy fruit thing. I know. I'm it's sure disgusting. Whoever, like decided to eat the first one. <laughs> well done, you. Bro, dare you to eat that fruit? <laughs> sure, bro. Oh, bro, it's disgusting, but I feel great. <laughs> Because that's how Polyne- no. ancient Polynesians talk. Yeah, definitely. They're all surfer bros. <laughs> <laughs> it's somewhat accurate in a roundabout got- <laughs> kind of way. That is who we got surfing from. <laughs> um, yeah, so the, the name cheese fruit is because of that very, very pungent smell. Uh, it's also been called vomit fruit. Um, I wonder why. And uh, one, one website I found referred to it as smelling like fresh vomit mixed with rancid garbage. Oh, that's like something uh, <laughs> that the Grinch would like. <laughs> um, and I actually, I, I asked a local Hawaiian um, if he was familiar with the plant, and he said, all too much. My grandma has a tree and makes noni juice too often. Smells like death, but good medicine. <laughs> And then another Hawaiian said this about it, though I don't know how true it is, and he might be misremembering what he said. Is this the guy that you talked to, or is this somebody else? This is, yeah, this is a different person I talked to. Oh, yeah, yeah, Um, Another Hawaiian I talked to said this about it. Um, I don't know exactly how true it is, and even he said... um, Sort of like... It might... He he, he doesn't know how true what he's saying. Yeah, yeah. Um, And I'm paraphrasing. Not much is known about its traditional uses because when contact with the West was made, disease killed a lot of those entrusted with the knowledge before they could pass it on to their apprentices. It's interesting how often that has happened with traditional (laughs) That's one reason, another reason the work of ethnobotany is really important. And there are probably some traditions that survived, but I don't know them, he said. And I did find a source corroborating this idea, and there's even more to it than that. Mm. So uh, take, take this with, take, you know, a little not necessarily like 100 percent true uh and it th- this text does seem a little bit biased i'll get into that yeah. but in a report to the hawaii medical journal entitled evaluation of the effectiveness of ancient hawaiian medicine doctors tabra and e- e- i don't know if i pronounced that right uh evelf tabra and evelf tabra and evelf I don't. I don't know. <laughs> they sound. They time. sound very. They sound very. Very fantasy names. Tabra and Evelf. Yeah. Um, stated that the Hawaiian kahunas 
with highly specialized experts with considerable skill in physical diagnosis and pharmacology. A kahuna was a learned teacher of ancient body of was a learned teacher of ancient body of spiritual, medical, and philosophical knowledge called the huna. Huna translates as that which is hidden, and a kahuna was simply a teacher of the huna. Okay. The Hawaiians readily accepted the Christian teachings of the missionaries that came to Hawaii because the Huna also stated that there was one God and they considered Jesus to have been a great and powerful Kahuna. Now that bit was criti- was was criticized. Uh, criticized by the Hawaiians I talked to immediately after finding this finding this text. I'll get into that in a second. Um, the kahunas of ancient Hawaii before their own cultural corruption by greedy and bloodthirsty rulers, and remember, I'm quoting, yes. and the subsequent loss of knowledge caused by the arrival of the white man were reputed to be able to perform and... Perform... It's, it's not... This grammar's not great. Perform self-same. self-same miracles attributed to Jesus, including instantaneous healing and revival of the dead. Nice. When the people realized that the missionary priests were not able to duplicate the miracles of Jesus... The Kahunas rebels and went back to the old practices. The missionaries, to protect their efforts at converting the Hawaiians to their Christian beliefs, had laws passed to declare the practice of the Huna illegal and punishable by fines and imprisonment. A lot of places did the same thing, like the Curanderos in um, Mexico. and It's just a lot of places where people weren't allowed to practice their traditions, their language, their medicine, etc. When colonizers came in, I mean, that's just a thing. Yeah. And it was not until 19, the 1960s that these laws were repealed. And, and thus, a, a, that plus disease, a lot of traditional knowledge was lost. Yeah. Um, so my, my Hawaiian sources that I talked to were very skeptical of the criticism of the West in this text. They said it was <laughs> very, it seemed very biased. Um, because... For sure, there's a lot of bad things that the West did to Hawaii, but there were also some good things that must be said. Um, They brought some nice... I mean, for one thing, Hawaii does not have naturally occurring metals. Um, Right. It has no ore veins. So so weird because it's volcanic. I don't understand. (laughs) So there's there's no iron mines. So they didn't really have metals until the West showed up. And it's not so it's not like the West saved them or anything like that. But the West introduced a lot of stuff to Hawaii that did a lot of things for Hawaii. Like Um, if I remember right. They also did absolutely terrible things in multiple ways. But it's it's a mixed bag ultimately. Yeah. Ultimately cultural exchange and like like opening up new yeah. roots is always is always yeah without even any colonization involved that in itself is complicated yeah um and they they were also very critical of the connecting of kahunas and christianity in this article yeah um they they said the whole thing about one god was nonsense yeah um For sure. so i have no idea so basically my my hawaiian doctors say prescribe they, they prescribe this text with a grain of salt, <laughs> uh, basically. Nice. Um, so this, uh, this is from another source. Oh, you got a word coming um, up I really like. Oh, <laughs> the medical knowledge and pharmacopoeia. Pharmacopoeia. Pharmacopoeia? Yes. Pharmacopoeia is way better. Oh, well. Pharmacopoeia of the ancient Hawaiians is now believed to have been fairly complex and specific, and the modern-day scientific and medical communities are beginning to study the plants that were used by the Hawaiian kahunas. 
The importance of these studies is underscored in a quote from a 1987 report in the Journal of Ethnopharmacology. I love that journal. In the past, of course you do. In the, in the past, pharmaceutical. I literally just—I think that was the one that I attended their conference. Of course you have. In the past, the pharmaceutical industry has often relied on tropical plants as sources of new drugs: quinine, vincristine. Tubercurine, I'm saying all new words to me. Oh, Reserpine, cocaine, and many others. <laughs> you know. If the industry, and I, this is this is why I included this quote. Yeah. If the industry is to continue to use plants to develop new products, there is an urgent need for the collection of basic ethnobotanical data. A hundred percent. And I think that's a really cool quote. Yeah. Um, especially. Um, that's from one of the sources, and in that they quoted. Another that specific quote is from oh, the, a report in the Journal of Ethnopharmacology. Yeah. Um, and specifically, that's important because right now we're beginning a lot of... We, we, we have been for a little while now and we're ramping up new studies into all these traditional medicines to actually figure out, what, are these claims true? And how can we and use them? how can we <laughs> use them? them? <laughs> exploit, exploit the natural resources of the earth. Yes. <laughs> Wonderful. People <laughs> exploit the natural knowledge. <laughs> um, so in more mundane statistics about the plant, uh, while usually under 10 feet in height, the plant can grow up to 30 feet in height. That's taller than I thought. It can get very tall. It's not what uh, I, they thought of. I thought of it as a little bit more squat. Yeah. Uh, all 30 feet of which can grow in many landscapes and survive. Drunk. Yes. Maybe um, this was the one that I was thinking about that grew up farther into the Himalayas. Himalayas. Yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe. Hmm. Um, it can survive in volcanic soil, in saline soil, uh, even limestone. It can grow in oh. limestone, which is nuts, because it's limestone. Yeah. <laughs> what, right. what are you going to do in limestone? Well, I heard, maybe you're getting to that, but I heard that you can find it easily in new volcanic deposits from, like, very recent eruptions. I did not see that. But it might be because... But that's really funny, because I'll get to it later, but there's a lot of legends related to the Hawaiian goddess of of volcanoes, Pele. Yeah. And Noni. They're very intertwined. Interesting. So that would make sense. And uh, th this, <laughs> there's no male and female versions of the plant, despite one species usually being referred to as the male yes. and the other being referred to as the female. Instead, it has both male and female plant organs in one plant, which is what botanists call, botanists call a perfect plant, hmm. which yes. is funny. <laughs> uh, it flowers year-round, producing that awful, awful foul-smelling fruit all year round, <laughs> um, which is great. Yay, you never go dry. Um, and the smell gets worse as the fruit ripens, too. Nice. Uh, so if you think it's bad at the start, just you wait. And it's also in the same plant family as coffee. Uh, and Hawaii is one of two states, Hawaii and California, are the only two states in the U.S. that commercially grow coffee, coffee beans. I didn't know that. Um, Makes sense, though. So, because you need a more tropical yep. environment, and thus why this is also uh, in the coffee family. Okay. Um, and there's a lot of things in the coffee family. To be fair, Rubiaceae, yeah, yeah. Has like thirteen thousand species or or more. So, um, 
it's also been used not even necessarily just for for harvesting things from the plants, but also to support other types of plants. It it can be used to provide shade for coffee bushes. Oh, um, sure. And so also... It's like kind of a symbiotic like, Yeah, and support yeah. for pepper vines. Uh, it's in, in the Republic of Suriname. It is apparently uh, used as a windbreak because um, it grows very large. It's very hardy. So people use it to provide shade for other plants. Interesting. <laughs> um, Why Suriname specifically? I don't know. It was just one article I found saying that. that. <laughs> um, as for its uses, and it, it's many, 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 many uses. Yes. It can be crushed into a powder, turned into capsules and supplements. It can be used as a tonic, the unripe fruit pounded and mixed with salt, and then applied to open wounds as a poultice, yes. which is fun. Uh, the ripe fruit can be used to treat boils, uh, drawing pus from the wound. Yeah. Uh, it can be used for skin problems. Uh, or I should say, a lot of these are... Unstantiated. These are the traditional uses, are the traditional are the uses, uses that I collected from like 15 different articles I looked at. So a lot of these people had a collection of like five uses that they said it's common for, and I just piled them all together. Yeah. Got a very long paragraph here. A lot of these have been studied, but yeah, these are folk uses. Um, can be used for skin problems, ADD, gum and throat problems, lumbago, constipation, fever, blood pressure, diabetes, cancer eye problems, drug addictions, poor digestion, gastric ulcers, like pistachia, yeah. um, depression, pain, memory loss, and it has antipsychotic, antifungal, anti-inflammatory, and antibacterial effects. Well, that's my whole section. <laughs> that's it, kids. <laughs> you can go now. Um, <laughs> if all of it is to be believed, it's a crazy versatile plant. Yeah. Um... What, what was the word that you didn't want me to say? Uh, panacea. P panacea. Pan <laughs> panacea. Panacea. <laughs> it's a bit of a panacea. Mm. Uh, I like to say panacea, but people laugh. Yeah, when I when I I realized I had never really said it out loud when I read it somewhere. Well, I think it's panacea, and then I always said pen. I'm no, I don't know. I think it's panacea. I think that's the correct pronunciation. I so. Actually, but I, I want to say panacea. I or panacea. I think the British and the American translations are, are or not translations, pronunciations are different. So anyway, I mean, in some ways, sure, because a lot of like actually things that actually work do also cause like create and I a feeling of I'm going to be healed and therefore I am. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, it can be made into juices that you just drink. Um, for both the medicinal benefit and, um, something to drink. I don't know why you would. It's foul smelling, which is why, and foul tasting, which is why people dilute it with apple juice or grape juice. Yes. Um, which supposedly can actually disguise the taste of noni completely. Um, so you can then just drink apple juice that's super duper good for you. Well, I often see it, it combined with, um, spices, um, with, like, other herbs, or I see it a lot of times in, like, fruit and greens, like, ox you know, antioxidants, super food powders. Yeah. And so I think if you put it with a lot of those other, like, one of the things I'm going to recommend at the end of this is one of those supplements. And so you generally see that 
uh, any people will put it with other superfoods like um, acai or um, mangosteen. So, um, yeah, I think if you combine it with some of these other fruits, I think you can kind of hopefully balance the taste out because yeah. it's citrusy. So if you can kind of take out that kind of rotten smell, I guess. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Keep going. Um, it can be made into a sauce or a jam. It can be cooked as curry. It can be made in t- into cosmetic products um, because people can use it as dye as well. Um, it can be made into oils. It can be used in, like I said, the production of dye, usually red and yellow dye, um, yeah. or sometimes a, like a reddish purple dye. Um, they do that from the root, I believe, and they I forget what the yellow dye is from. Totally blanking on that. Um, its leaves can be used as tea. Uh, its seeds can be roasted and eaten, and the fruit can be eaten raw or cooked. And all parts of the you can use every part of the plant. And it's been it's uh, basically considered a starvation f- uh, fruit or a famine fruit, uh, meaning that in times of emergency, uh, when there was a famine, it was a cheap, easily cultivated food to just give out to everybody so that everybody could have something to eat. Everyone could be equally it's, miserable. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's a super easy, it, it propagates a lot. It's very easy to cultivate and it's super cheap. You can just give it to everybody. Um, kind of sounds like the last plant we talked pretty about. Pretty much. Um, uh, the loney, the loney, the noni plant leaves, uh, not the fruit, can be used in a common Polynesian cooking method. Uh, I don't know what other Polynesian islands call it, but in Hawaii, it's called kalua. Uh, it's you you place hot stones at the bottom of this earthen oven, which is yeah. basically just a small pit. Uh, and you warm up these stones, you place them in there, then you place leaves on top of that, then you place the meat on top of the leaves. Sometimes you have a hot stone in the meat um, so that it'll cook evenly. Then you place more leaves on top of that to keep the moisture in, and then you cook it um, like slowly a, over several hours. That's a similar practice to the other, like, sort of, like, processes around the world. So Yeah, yeah it's, it's pretty seen, common. I've definitely seen, like, videos of this. I've seen videos of this being done, stuff like this. Um, and it's... Uh, Pork is very often cooked in this way, um, for especially for luau's. They'll cook yeah. a lot of pork, um, and they'll uh, do it using banana leaves and tea leaves. But you can also use yeah. noni I leaves think for it. Done in banana leaves is what I've seen. Yeah, honestly, when, when I when I first learned about this cooking method and pork and banana leaves, I was like, oh, that sounds really good, actually. Yeah, it does. <laughs> a slow cooked pork. With, it, with banana leaves, keeping the moisture in. If I ate pork... Sounds really good. <laughs> if I ate pork, yeah, I would do it. I would do it. Um, of course, as we've mentioned, long history of use in traditional medicine. Not just being eaten for some reason. <laughs> um, uh, though its modern-day clinical efficacy is questioned. In 2018, the FDA actually slammed a company for selling Noni products and making false health claims actually, about them. Actually, they do that constantly. Okay. Although well, not always, because it, you, sometimes you have to get big for them to pay attention to you. Sure, sure. Um, and a lot of times it's a good thing, right? But, oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, and But there, there has been, like we said, a lot of research that is proving stuff about it. Um, a report to the American Association for Cancer Research in 
1992, found that noni juice significantly prolonged the lives of mice who had lung carcinoma, a common lung cancer. It's not known why it's effective, mm -hmm. but it was consistent. So that's cool. And what I saw is that it somehow stimulates the immune system in such a way that it suppresses the growth of tumors. Yeah, I've seen that as well. Which, that's cool. Yeah. Um, there was quite a lot of research on Nonian cancer that I didn't even get into, but it's been studied a lot. So basically, it's just, it's a staple in Pacific Islands, uh, both in their diet and in, in their medicine. Um, and the reason for this is it is what's called a canoe plant. Mm. Um, so canoe plants are plants that uh, Polynesians, when they went to voyage from the island they were on to find new islands, they took all the plants that they needed that uh, they, they used to sustain themselves. So yes. food, plants for food, plants for medicine, and plants for, for resources. So, um, you know, th things, I don't know if they had hemp, but things like hemp. Yeah, um, yeah. As, a, as an example. Um, so... Also, it, probably coconuts and such. Although, I'm sure that that was... I know, they took, anyway. I know they took uh, bananas, uh, taro, or... Ta yeah, taro. Taro, yeah. Yams. Um, thought there was something else. Yeah, um, because I think yams are, were actually from Africa originally. Don't quote me on that, but... No idea. Um, I think a lot, a lot of people think that what they they grow in South America, they have yams, but it's not true. <laughs> yams are, uh, the real yams are not from South America, even though that's where we get all of our potato species. Anyway, go on. Um, also among these are uh, breadfruit and sugarcane. Yeah. Um, so I, my, my, what I think uh, is that they took it from some, they, they either took it from Samoa or they, got it along their journey from Samoa to Hawaii because we have projected roots of their voyages and uh, the, the, the one I saw only had one route going to Hawaii and it was from Samoa to Tahiti to Marquesas and then to Hawaii. Yes. So somewhere along there, they picked up the noni plant and brought it with them. And now it's everywhere in Oceania and in Southeast Asia. Yep. Um, and, uh, it might've been original to Southeast Asia. There's a lot of fights about this. <laughs> <laughs> I looked at, I, I spent a lot of time trying to read about the origin specifically because the you know, origin was very difficult to track people down. People don't yep. know is what it comes down to. Yeah. Because um, Indians it, like to claim it. Indonesian folks like to claim it. Other Southeast Asians, people from Oceania, but it does seem like the Polynesians really... Like, yeah, they kind of it seems it. like it's theirs. They yeah. sort of brought it all over that entire ocean. And I, so. <laughs> as far as I know, I mean, I could be wrong about this. Maybe you'll get to it. But I think most of the noni crop that's sold this side of the world is from Hawaii. So, yes, yes. I, I, um, I think Tahiti and Hawaii are the really popular ones. And I believe India also. Um, I think I actually saw something about how. Uh, noni juice from Tahiti specifically is the most effective of all the noni juice sold. Yeah, I saw a lot of stuff about Tahiti or Hawaii in terms um, 
cultivars. And even just the term canoe plants is usually used in reference to Hawaii. Yeah. Uh, just because of the Polynesian islands, Hawaii <laughs> is the only one America cares about. you <laughs> <laughs> well, saying we don't care about Guam? And, no, Guam's not Polynesian. I don't think we... Yeah, for one thing, not Polynesian. <laughs> and for two, yeah, American I don't think Samoa. we care about... I don't I, think we care about American Samoa. American Samoa. I wish we did, but I yeah. don't think America cares about American Samoa. No. Um, we do. Which is weird because like 70% of the population of American Samoa are veterans. Yeah, they are. That's nuts! I know. And then they... Off track, and but... Then, <laughs> and, I, and they're citizens, but they can't vote. So. I think. Or can they vote, but they... It's something like that. And then but the they pe- don't have representation. But then, the and the people of Guam are not citizens. That's what it is, is right? What it is? I think that's what I, it is. I get these mixed up. I shouldn't because I'm a geography teacher. But no, it's fine. It, it's of, hard to keep track of America's many territories and, and the atrocities the we commit to them. Because there's like <laughs> 10 different, like, there's unincorporated territories, incorporated <laughs> territories, and I, I just can't keep track. No. I mean, I, I try. I don't to, think America can keep track. I, I, I don't think our government is keeping track. I mean, I think Puerto Rico, like, the statehood. Like, issue comes up every couple of years. Yes, we, it does. And we never do anything about it. No, we don't. There's always, like, it's tacked on to some particular bill, and nobody does anything about it. So, anyways, can, can you plants? Um, <laughs> uh, part of the reason we don't know the origin of where Noni is from is because these trans the transplantation of Noni across the Pacific was done possibly 2,000 years ago. Yeah. It was a long time ago, and we just don't know because there are no, there just aren't written records about it. Yeah. Um, and this and this uh, the canoe, kind of you know not quite what the name suggests. It was not done in canoes. They didn't necessarily yes. just just sail a canoe across the Pacific. Yeah. They used catamarans and out out uh, outriggers and. Um, an outrigger is basically just a multi-hulled ship um, ah. with... Uh, because catamarans have two hulls. If you, catamarans if, have two hulls. Tri, trimarans, I think they're called, have three hulls. Yeah, um, I didn't know they were called, but yeah, I know. I've seen those. Uh, catamarans are really popular because they are a smoother ride. They're Yes. They're, so outriggers specifically are very, very stable ships. Because uh, the, the multi, the mul- yeah, the multi-hull design, it's more surface area. There's a wider distance in between the hulls. Yeah, it just becomes a very stable ship. And the Polynesians designed this, and they were actually, as far as we know, the very first seaworthy vessels that were ever made. Yeah, there's a lot of talk about like very far back prehistory in terms of like the Polynesian migration. And it sounds like we never really beat that design, <laughs> apart from tacking some engines on. If you talk to, like, people who are, like, cruisers, sailors, they still, like, you, there's a really big divide between people who like monohulls and people who like catamarans. Um, <laughs> sounds to me like a catamaran's the way to go. <laughs> My aunt it's uncle, a stable ship. <laughs> our aunt and uncle who circumnavigated the globe, like, Oceania was their favorite place, and they had a, they had a catamaran. Um, beautiful cat- catamaran called Pacific Bliss. That was her name. And I, I did sail on her in um, Greece and Italy. And I have to tell you, I'm so glad I wasn't on a monohull because my stomach, I yeah. did not have a sea stomach or sea legs. And 
that was probably what I, the only thing I could have handled. <laughs> so the the thing, yeah, part of the thing with multi-hulled ships is that they can be designed super aerodynamically in order to slice through waves. So yeah. you're not going up and down them all the time. Exactly. But the multi-hull design makes it so that aerodynamic shape isn't also super uh, unstable. Well, there's in the front, they had a big net. So as you go through the waves, the water just goes down yep. between the hulls. It's pretty genius, honestly. Yeah. Um, and they uh, also some, some outriggers have um they they kind of look like a crew uh crew they kind of look like a <laughs> canoe on steroids sort of like it's it's a big canoe with like two motorcycle sidecars oh let's see um, i know what you're talking the, about yeah i didn't know <laughs> the the uh the the, tech, the more technical boring term is lateral support floats but i prefer the term motorcycle sidecars <laughs> I, that is the best um they're <laughs> they're canoe sidecars pretty much um and yeah, all catamarans are outriggers, but not all out not all outriggers are catamarans. Uh, taxonomy. Hashtag not all outriggers. <laughs> You're gonna work that in every episode. Yes, I am. Oh. <laughs> um, and yeah, so basically, really cool ships, and that's how they manage to navigate the Pacific like that, and so effectively because they're just very stable ships. They're amazing. Um. Basically, just like low center of gravity, yeah. <laughs> and that's what the Austronesians used to go across the Pacific with yeah. with and all these plants. Yeah, like if you want to get into a deep hole, look into Polynesian methods of navigation. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a, a very deep hole. <laughs> it's amazing stuff. You'll feel very it's, dumb. They're genius. Um, <laughs> you'll be like. What am I doing? I mean, what, what am I doing with my life? <laughs> I probably should like post something about this, but like, just look up like TED talks with Polynesian navigation or Hawaiian navigation. There's this one that I really like where this guy explains how this guy explains how they think of the ocean and the sky as essentially they think of it as a circle and they think about how birds will cross diagonally. And so they have all of these directions, these diagonals, and they can keep that, they think of the the ship as a bird crossing this plane and it's it's just i can't even ex des describe <laughs> it because it's like fourth dimensional to me it's like fifth dimensional i i can't put my brain there but it's pretty cool and an, one final thing that probably really helped the prop propagation of noni across the pacific apart from just being a canoe plant that the polynesians brought everywhere yeah the seeds are buoyant and resilient which means you toss a couple in the water they end up on an island shore somewhere beach mulberry and grow so which is why they're everywhere in the pacific so thank you if you ever want to <laughs> if you ever decide to get marooned this is the thing that will save you. I'm sorry. I know it smells bad, you, but you will have to eat some noni fruit. And you'll stay alive and also probably, and probably have good be skin. healthy. <laughs> you'll, you'll, pro you'll come back healthier than you were. <laughs> I think there's been a lot of studies on it with melanoma, so you'll probably be fine. <laughs> Just um, rub that on your skin or something. And that is not that is not medical advice. That is not medical <laughs> advice. And finally, one last fun fact. This is advice, not medical advice, yeah. but it is advice. Like the like Polynesian shamans used to do, you can set out some of the fruit 
And it's because it's so foul smelling, you will ward off poltergeists and evil spirits. <laughs> and all manner with of the demonic activity. <laughs> with the terrible smell. I can see why. You can keep away all of those people who like are sort of your like neighborhood parasites. Yeah, maybe, <laughs> maybe not. Maybe not quite so such supernatural poltergeists. All the people, more mundane poltergeists. <laughs> the people randomly drop by and eat all your food in your fridge and stuff, <laughs> like your siblings. <laughs> hmm. uh, I may not be. Hmm. I may be one of those. <laughs> and this has been Lucas's Flotsam and Jetsam. It was pretty great. I'm really glad I didn't have to do all that. Um, thank you. Thank you for floating the boat this time. And now speak directly into the mic. It is an end-fire microphone, which means talking from the side doesn't work very well. Oh, sad day. Um, sorry if you can only partially hear me. At some point, we'll figure out the two-mic situation, um, probably. So don't hold Lucas to that. So <laughs> yes, please do not. I do not, I do not I have, want to be in charge of that. I have another mic. It's just like setting it up with the same computer. It's just a lot of work. All right. So... Now let's kind of talk about some of those studies that have gone on in recent years. Some of these are really recent, like we're talking this year that they were published. Um, so I, I'm going to go through a couple review articles. Bless people who do review articles. I just want to kiss them all um, because they save us a lot of trouble and they help us with all of that interdisciplinary knowledge. Ew, don't talk about kissing people. That's <laughs> gross. You're my sister. <laughs> You can cure. Girls have cooties. I was just gonna say you can cure cooties with noni. You Did can you know cure that? With noni. <laughs> and that's a fact. You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> no more cooties for you. <clears throat> Give it to your child when they head out to the dangerous and scary school environment with the opposite sex. All right. So you can you, you can sure use noni fruit to ward off the opposite sex. <laughs> That's a good point. And the same sex, just everybody. <laughs> want to keep people away in general. If you want to be a hermit, but nobody will leave you alone. <laughs> Try ask your doctor if noni <laughs> is right for you. <laughs> okay, so to its other medicinal benefits. Uh, so we talked about how many phytochemicals that um, are contained in Miranda citrifolia or noni. And there are so many reported and demonstrated properties of Nonia. Noni, I just don't even have time to go into it. Um, so if you look at these review articles, they just never end. Um, it's important to remember that there are differences that you've got in vivo studies, you've got in vitro studies, you've got clinical trials, and there's all manner of types of evidence here. Um, in vitro, in vivo is generally better than in vitro. Um, although if you're trying to isolate a compound, I mean, it's it's really necessary. It's just, it doesn't tell you the same things, right? They're oh, all- wait, can, I, can I say one more thing? Sorry, I forgot to write this down. Um, in World War II, uh, U.S. soldiers stationed in the Pacific, in the in Pacific, in the Pacific were uh, given, they were given a lot of manuals on like, how to survive this strange new world, <laughs> this tropical environment, and in that beyond man not getting killed by the Japanese. <laughs> beyond not getting killed by the Japanese, uh, and part of that included uh, in their manual saying that noni fruit was safe and incredibly healthy to eat. Uh, and I just find that funny. I just imagining a bunch of U.S. soldiers going through the Pacific Islands and finding noni and just being like, "What? <laughs> this?" <laughs> Uncle Sam. <laughs> Uncle Sam, you did me wrong. <laughs> Uncle Sam. 
<laughs> Never trust you again. Um, so, so anyway, uh, Noni uh, has been demonstrated to have the following properties, and this is in different types of studies, so keep that in mind. Antibacterial properties, antiviral, antifungal, anti-tumor, analgesic, which means that it um, reduces pain. Hypotensive, so reduces blood pressure. Um, anti-inflammatory, immune-enhancing effects, and anxiolytic, so reducing anxiety. I don't know what you're talking about. This. I covered this all. <laughs> Whatever. So, and then, you know, in general, if you're looking at broader categories that are being studied, um, use in medicines tends to come up first, but then as, like, chemical reagents and green insecticidals. So, you know how insecticides tend to be very destructive to ecological systems and they also um they tend to be really destructive to human health and animal health um so yeah they're studying that as an insecticidal that's cool yeah nobody wants to be by noni juice no one wants to be by noni (laughs) except i think i didn't write this down but i think what was it? It was a certain type of ant, I think, loves the plant. It's like... Of course. They have to have some war- kind of predator. Warbler ant or something? Yeah. Or know. not even predator, but like some type of symbiotic beastie. Yeah. Um, that's the... Beastie is the technical Be- beastie term. Beastie being the technical term. <laughs> <laughs> well, just as an overall, you know, blanket. <laughs> um, so... It, so the, f- the, the the kingdom beastie, <laughs> the, the the animal kingdom beastie, <laughs> yes. family beastie, beastie, genus beastie, be- it's beastie, yeah. <laughs> oh, though that Linnaeus, he made up such funny categories. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so um, so the a lot of the most of the research has been done on the fruit. However, um, there are some really there's some really good research on the seeds and on the medicinal benefits of the leaves. So keep that in mind. It's not all the same thing, and different parts of the plant have different you know different phytochemicals and therefore different effects. So, like I had said before, there's like 200 phytochemicals, and I talked to you about some of the types of secondary metabolites. Um, so let's talk about them more specifically. So I'm going to talk about um, the antimicrobial and antiseptic research specifically. Um, so in one of these reviews, a lot of them talk about the different antibacterial studies. Um, some of the big ones, it's been successful. Noni has been ex- successfully shown to have antimicrobial activity against Candida albicans, Vibrio cholera, um, E. coli, Salmonella stra- strains, um, Staphylococcus aureus, Bacillus subtilis, Klebsiella pneumoniae, um, also Aspergillus species <laughs> of fun- uh, fungal species. Um, there are other ones as well that I could go into. Um, there are a lot of different, uh, microorganisms, microorganisms that have been tested. Um, sometimes it's just, it's often in vitro. So you'll have, um, actual, like, you know, your Petri dish dish research, and then you've got, um, in particular infected animals, and then they'll use, um, humans sometimes you've got your clinical trials for the most part these antibacterial antimicrobial trials have been in I mean, vitro we, we've been doing human clinical trials with noni for 2000 years <laughs> it's true <laughs> that's the thing you got to remember um no but you know obviously working with um 
working with infectious disease and doing infectious disease trials is is much harder to do, you know, ethically. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So generally, there's a lot of stages. Well, sir, would you volunteer to have, uh, uh, well, malaria? <laughs> <laughs> it's for the, you, good for the good of mankind. Good of all mankind. Yes. <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> I'll pass. Uh, hard pass. Well, hold on. What? What uh? What's the compensation? Yeah. Uh, pat on the back, sir. <laughs> Good old pat on the back. The glory of England. <laughs> For the glory of England. Two shillings in the glory of England. <laughs> Just tuppence. I thought it was tuppence. Well, shillings is. All right. Well. Isn't that? I don't. Shillings is a term. It is. I was just thinking, like you know, tuppence. We have to sing that song sometime. It's the best, you know, colonial England song it, ever. On a recording? I will not. I will not be recorded singing. <laughs> All for tuppence. <laughs> it, Don't tempt me. It's from Mary Poppins, and if you want to understand the the British mindset in the Edwardian era, era, just go ahead. Invested in the, in the to be specific in the Dawes, Tom's mousely grounds. Fidelity <laughs> Fiduciary Bank. Okay. <laughs> it's true. We did it. And now we can cut it out. <laughs> so it's it's fairly well documented as an oral antiseptic as well, which you might remember from the gum and tooth care um, use in the folk medicine. Um, did I say tooth care? I actually. Oh, I think, think you I, said gum care. I don't think I wrote tooth care, but I did write gum care. Generally, one will relate to the other. <laughs> yeah, usually. <laughs> um, it's same, also same it's, region of the earth. It's also as a topical anti-inflammatory and you know wound healing and everything. It's been shown to be safe um, in human trials. So, like topically, it's not going to cause likely to cause an allergic reaction. So that's good to know. Um, it's anti-parasitic, at least shown in trials to be anti-parasitic. Um, so, also talking about a few things I don't know if you mentioned. But like more ethnobotanical use would be for liver disease, intestinal worms. Did you say that? I did not. UTIs, um, cardiovascular oh, disease. I saw. I, 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 that's one something I didn't write down. I saw UTIs and cardiovascular. Yeah. Got it. Um, and then uh, topically for bruises, wounds. Um, the leaves have specifically been studied for cancer and they've been used traditionally for cancer. So once again, not a medical, not medical advice, Taint but they're instantiated there. There is research on it and it is something that people are considering, you know, researching more. Um, but a lot of the, a lot of the research and review articles do recommend that, the these this that noni is developed further as a potential antimicrobial i mean this is like a world like this this is a like the duty of the world at the moment to make sure that we combat microbial resistance so we kind of just have to put all of our pieces on the board with that one yeah <laughs> just go for and it and boy if you've got a hawaiian auntie she'll combat those <laughs> <laughs> she'll, 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 she'll go to bat for you yeah with by stuffing you full of foul smelling cheese fruit <laughs> yeah um so a lot of them are say you know this is indicated as an antimicrobial product that was one that was written in the journal of pharmacognosy in 2016 they mentioned that um so it's also so they'll use terms like bactericidal and a fungal so you can always look at those terms um it's also been tested as an antiviral is, is bactericidal when a bunch of bacteria get together 
at, at the end of the year after they've been having all these musical lessons and they have a recital. <laughs> I wish. recital. Maybe when they get together and infect someone, that's that's what's really <laughs> happening. Um, we're going to colonize them with song. So, <laughs> um, so the something that's been something people tend to point out when they're studying um, when they're studying the mechanisms of um, the the functions that we're seeing. So they'll look at the specific uh, secondary metabolites. One of them is iridoids, which are a type of monoterpene. Um, and they've been shown to have all these different effects. Have I been iridoiding tonight? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, iridoids are found in a lot of plants. Um, they're, these specifically are iridoid glycosides, which you don't have to really remember, but it does mean they can have different types of effects in the body in terms of how they're absorbed and when they become active, if it's a glycoside. Um, they are often used as defense mechanisms in, for the actual plants, which is not surprising. Um, and they've been studied as wound healers. They have, may have anti-tumor activity, um, antibacterial activity. Um, and so iridoids are pretty, pretty cool. You do see a lot of antiviral immune stimulation research on noni. Um, it, because it's such an effective antioxidant, I think that is one of the most established features and it's not surprising since it's, um, within that secondary metabolite category that tends toward being an antioxidant and anti-inflammatory. So, um, to some degree that has long-term like cascading effects throughout the body and can affect a lot of different conditions, but it's also been studied as an anti-HIV um, complementary um, medicine and and I believe anti-tuberculotic. I'm gonna have to look at that again. But I think yeah, you looked I, at that I too. Yeah, I saw. Yeah, I saw um, that it had one of the places. I must have not written benefits. it down. I really thought I did, but um, I'll find it and put it in our accompanying article. But basically, um, they were recommending the specific people who ran the study. They were recommending that it be used as a complementary therapy for a traditional um, tuberculosis treatment. And yeah, there's been various studies done on HIV, HIV one enzyme um, inhibiting inhibiting that enzyme, um, so basically reducing the virulence of HIV. And obviously, HIV is something we still need to work on. We have antiretroviral drugs that can reduce the viral loads significantly, but we can always use more tools on our toolbox there. So anything we can get <laughs> in terms of immune care, in terms of fighting infections, is something we should always look into, especially if it's a safe substance. And as far as we can tell, noni is a safe substance. Just don't overdo it. <laughs> and it, ain't, it sure ain't safe for your nose or your taste buds, though. <laughs> oh, um, there isn't. Yeah, no. There's a contraindication. The, contra the big one is, and you can find this on, like, PubMed or um, – Wherever you look, really, they'll first thing they'll say WebMD. They'll say that um, you need to be really careful because it contains a lot of potassium. So if you have kidney or liver disease, or if you're on specific medications, you need to be really careful um, because you don't want to get too much potassium for some of these conditions. So th once again, it's something where if you're going to seriously consider going on like a regimen of noni. Um, like, obviously, you can do whatever you want, but it is something 
if you're going to do it really consistently and for like medicinal purposes, probably something you should talk to your practitioner about just like anything. Ask your doctor if buttloads of potassium is right for you. <laughs> ask your auntie. Ask your auntie. Ask your, ask your and, Hawaiian auntie. And it doesn't matter because she'll give you it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I use Noni in multiple different supplements and programs. Um, it's always combined. It's program. It's generally combined with something, but I think if I were to start using it on its own, I would, there are specific things I would probably use it for. Right now, I use it in an intestinal cleanse supplement that I always use, um, and I use it in um, an antibacterial product line, um, which is from Biobotanical Research. They're amazing. Um, They have... Some great uh, care, some some great research on their products for oral care for your throat and your teeth and your gums. And so those products are amazing. I think I've recommended them on our social media before. Um, so that has those have Noni as a major constituent. And then also the um, fruits and greens, uh, like antioxidant nutritional powder that I recommend. Um, you, t- you have those, the dynamic greens, fruits and greens, and you really like those. I don't re- really like them. But, but you do them because they're good for you. They're good for me. I, I, I'm a child at heart, so I don't <laughs> eat my, my greens. I don't eat my green vegetables, despite what Spider-Man tells me to do. And I... I should. So, in replacement, I have... The Dynamic Greens drink. Yes. Um, um, which, not, don't, that's not advice. Don't replace <laughs> greens with Dynamic Greens. It's a supplement. It helps with, the, not everybody can get as much fruits and greens as they want to in a day. So this is something you can do to help. Um, and, you know, it has a lot of those. And <laughs> Do as we say, not as we do. <laughs> I am not a healthy person. <laughs> Hey, we're working on it. I, I I use precisely none of the stuff we talk about on this show. <laughs> yes, he does when I make him. Um, <laughs> my sister or I or my dad makes him, he will. Um, so, yeah, so I use it in different, in different capacities. I would say what I'm really interested in helping you do is find extra um, cleansing, um, extra complementary antibiotics microbials um that you would use under the care of your practitioner um because that's something we all need and being able to go to something else besides an antibiotic if your practitioner and you think it's the right idea generally is something that may contribute to lowering the risk of um of antibiotic resistance overall you know there are a lot of things in life that we don't need to be throwing antibiotics at and you can read that anywhere i'm not telling you as a (laughs) i'm not telling you that as a physician i'm just saying that is what totally it's (laughs) like go to the cdc man um they will say the same thing um so and a lot of you can avoid using antibiotic antibiotics you yeah because else first you need to save it for the really important things um and and pretty much any doctor worth their salt is going to tell you that antibiotics can be Things can grow resistances to them. 
Yes. And that is not good. Well, just think about think about how we are with physical training, with like sports training or whatever. Like you may not be that good, but in general, like um, your body gets used to things and it trains, right? The more practice you give it, the more like the more capable you become. Now you might have a limit, right? But ultimately, you you practice. Your body might just suck. You're, but generally, you're going to adapt to a certain degree, and you're going to become stronger. Generally, that's the generally right. Um, well, bacteria are the same. So the better, more faster, the more practice they have, the better they get, and you don't want them to get better at what they do. <laughs> so, anyway, so like I said, not a physician. This is just something that. I think it's generally accepted and it's good to remember because when I was a kid, everybody popped antibacterials. <laughs> everybody popped like, you know, antibiotics for everything. Like they have a sniffle and they go and get an antibiotic and, you know, you whereas it should be saved and anybody will tell you this for things like strep throat, something like that, where it is something that's not going away and it's very contagious. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, I would say I'm going to be putting together an um, my intestinal cleanse guide, um, that's going to be put on the website very soon. It'll be in an ebook and we'll give you a lot of secondary information about it. I'm going to be putting up all the, the references that we have for this particular episode and our previous episodes. So you can look for those and check out the links, check out the research. If you want to, we'll probably put some fun stuff in there too. find a video or two. I just thought of, <laughs> I thought of like a tagline for this show or descriptors for us. I, I bring the radio, you bring the botanical. <laughs> I've got the, I've got the radio. You've you got, got the botanical. botanical. <laughs> Let's make lots radio of. Radio botanical. <laughs> let's make lots of fame. Let's make lots of money. Uh, let's, Yeah. Yeah, I guess just let's make let's make lots of we don't make money from this show. What are you talking about? We don't. We don't, sadly. Um, if you however find that you um Drop my phone behind the couch. Whoops. <laughs> if you if you um if you find our sort of our recommendations, our like coaching methods, our systems helpful and you wanna take our um our our global our um our global wellness uh uh protocols to um, follow with your practitioner. Um, if you want to buy any of the supplements, give us money, please. <laughs> because we vetted them, right? Like these are supplements we trust or carriers we trust. I've used them forever. It's channeling my dad there. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's a businessman for you. Anyway, so um, use the ones I would recommend you use the ones that we we list that we can tell you like how they can best be used in the context of the usual program. And obviously, and then if you buy them by clicking the links on our website, then we get a little bit of a kickback from that. Um, and like I said, we vet these supplements and these are from distributors we trust. So I would say, you know, check that out. If you are in need of an intestinal cleanse, of um, enhancing your immune system, of helping with general health, <laughs> UTIs, digestive tract issues, oral health, like Noni could be helpful. You know, the research is still coming in every week. <laughs> so, but anyway, check out our website, take it to your practitioner. And Lucas, you want to take us out? Give us an outro.
If I bring the radio, I should probably have like a soundboard with terrible noises on it. Yes. Like honks and 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 <laughs> no. and farts and <laughs> Please. Welcome back to 81.5 Radio Botanical. <laughs> what what would be a terrible like radio DJ name what? for me? Like a like a Botanical Bob. Uh, botanical Bob. Um uh, uh, I'm your host, the Brist Breaker, and this is and this is my co-host, the Great Mar- okay. Miranda. <laughs> I was gonna say Breaker, Breaker. Um, and anyway, yeah, this is Radio Botanical. See ya. See ya. <laughs>